and welcome to Walk the Pod, your daily walking show where I take my podcast for a walk because I don't have a dog. My name is Rachel Wheelie, a tiny human walking a cycle path in southwest London under the greyest sky in the world. It's it's not super ominous. I don't think it's imminently going to rain, but it's definitely bearing down in a kind of slightly scary way. There's a bandsaw going off in the distance, as there often is, and as I start at this end of the cycle path. That will pass as we pass it and walk on into the distance. I'm just walking past the meadowy bit, which is full of cow parsley and yellow flowers I don't know the names of, and blue flowers and lots and lots of abundant green grass. And behind the fence on my left are the beautiful whitewashed cottages of Wimbledon Chase, which have cottage gardens and slate roofs and beautiful chimney pots, and I imagine are inhabited entirely by sort of elderly lady gardeners. This is what I imagine. I don't actually know that for sure. Um... But here we are. This is the last episode of Series 18, Walk the Pod. Thank you so much for walking with me over the course of these 15 episodes. You're very welcome along. Let's see what happens on the bike track today. So I've been thinking about writing over the last 24 hours. I I wrote a blog post ages ago about um, what your writing style is. Are Are you a gardener or are you an architect? An architect essentially works out what they're going to write, outlines it very carefully, and then fills in all the sections in order to say what they want to say. And a gardener plants a seed and then encourages that seed to grow. I.e. they start with a blank piece of paper and they start writing and part of the process of filling the blank piece of paper with words is discovering what they think about the thing. And my dad left me a voice note yesterday, which is too long to put in the podcast, but it was about all of this and how there are limitations to both types of writing in that if you are an architect, you might be limited by uh, having worked out what you were going to say before you started and so you don't get the sort of discovery of it. If you're a gardener, you might end up horribly off topic and it might uh, mean that your writing is not as easy to follow as it could be. So I was just sort of thinking about this as I set off on the walk this morning, 45 seconds ago, uh, and thinking that these podcast episodes are very much gardening podcast episodes because they are sort of start recording walk along and I have absolutely no idea where I'm going to get to over the course of an episode in terms of what I'm talking to you about because when I started this podcast project what it basically was was like what podcast can I make in my lunch break i.e I want a podcast that I can make with no preparation and no post-production what can I do within what is sometimes only half an hour out the door in between meetings, in between drawing up documents or whatever it is I'm doing. 
And I'm absolutely delighted to have found that I have managed to create something which is infinitely sustainable, that I can make in my, my lunch break, that I can make every day, and that people seem to like listening to. So I'm absolutely over the moon about that. And what I've ended up with is a process of gardening every day, of starting, and then 10 minutes later we get to the end, and then I work out what the episode was about. And as I wander back down the cycle path to publish the episode, I write down what it was about in the subject line, having just discovered what it was about. So I'd be very interested in your thoughts about this. Go to walkthepod.com, press the message button and leave me 59 seconds of your beautiful voice. If you have any reflections on the writing process, or maybe more widely the creation process, if you're somebody who does other types of creating, how do you find the process? How does it work for you? <coughs> the incredibly friendly cat is on the cycle path just ahead. As we get to this stage of the cycle path, which is uh, a, a, a place where I have a block of flats on my right and a tennis court on my left with a blue kind of tarmac, uh, quite often see the cats, Nando's and breadstick and this one has just spotted something in the grass. Almost did a double take as it was walking along. Suddenly realised there was something in the undergrowth that it wanted to pounce at. And now it's searching that thing out. Don't know what it is. It's probably a moth. Don't think it was big enough to be a mouse because I would have seen it. But often this cat is pouncing at leaves and stuff so I think it'll, it'll pounce at anything really. You know? walking past the house where the cats live and the five bollards that the children like to stand on top of made of concrete um, they're called chalk stick bollards these apparently as I was reading in some ancient documents about the cycle path Tom of Finland was asking me whether there used to be a railway track here or a tram line or anything and I don't think there was not sure what it was before it was a cycle path going to have to go back to the old documents and look them up again see if I can find out one thing I've realised is that I am now in the habit of going for short walks at lunchtime to record the podcast but my actual like proper exercise is a bit a bit few and far between really I'm supposed to be cycling to work well I, I do cycle to work sometimes but haven't actually done that very much recently and I don't feel particularly fit and healthy as a result. Maybe I can pick that up again as it gets a bit colder. And I'm wearing a jacket again. This is, we have uh, got to the end of the summer, I think, which is a bit disappointing. Very excited to be at the end of the series and to be having a short break before I start series 19 on the 6th of September. And looking forward to taking the kids away. Um, I understand that the place we're going to has chickens that roam around in the grounds. So I'm looking forward to them seeing those. And I've also booked to take them to see some llamas on the last day. So that'll be a lot of fun. I cannot imagine my kids' reactions on hanging out with llamas, but I think they're probably going to love it 
just walking past a wall of ivy um, flowing over this fence. And now another wall of ivy flowing over this wall. Somebody cycles past. Now, at this point in the walk along the cycle path, we get to the house which is owned by a car mechanic. And every day there's a different car parked outside. Today it's a Mini Cooper. When I took Tom of Finland on a tour of the cycle path, it was some kind of very old sports car, but I couldn't tell you what type actually. I'm going to have to get better at identifying these things. <clears throat> See? Not very fit. Out of breath. Not good, is it? Looking forward to a nice cup of tea when I get in. In ten minutes time or so. And someone walking towards me with a tote bag over both shoulders. And a grey hoodie. And a scrunchie in their hair. And I'm walking towards the flat that I'm going to live in soon, which is very exciting. Can't really explain to you how excited I am about that move. Happening on the day I get back from holiday, which is a bit hectic, really, for me. Don't, don't usually try and organise my life quite that hectic away, but there we go. That's what's happening on this particular occasion. Somebody up a ladder painting a roof over there. And I published a little blog post on the Walk the Pod walking club this morning about radical candour, which is a concept I heard about from someone I worked with at the Physiological Society when I worked with those scientists a while ago. Radical candour is a, an interesting concept where you care personally and challenge directly. It's a sort of a sort of management thing about like caring really genuinely for all the people you work with so that you can actually challenge them when you feel that they could be doing a piece of work slightly better or you know something can be improved but you need to tell them that, that you think something can be improved and the the way the people who invented this thing laid it out was as a two by two matrix with um sort of kindness along the x-axis and the ability to challenge along the y-axis and radical candor exists in the top right quadrant of that matrix if you can imagine that but the other quadrants have names as well and they're quite entertaining if you if you are prepared to challenge directly but you don't care personally that is called obnoxious aggression. Um, if you don't care personally and you're not prepared to challenge directly, that is called manipulative insincerity. And if you care and you're not prepared to challenge directly, that is called ruinous empathy. And let me tell you, identifying some of your management techniques or 
you know, how you are at work as being any of those other three things is pretty brutal. Um, I would, I would, I would say we can be kinder to ourselves than that. I think we can probably say that we're not being manipulative if we're being insincere. We're insincerity. I think comes from an attempt to be encouraging. Um, and I definitely overdo this sometimes. I'm a, I'm one for sort of enthusing about things massively, but in quite a vague way. And that would technically be manipulative insincerity, according to this matrix. And I think, I mean, I'm not trying to manipulate people. But sometimes when we do things that aren't great behaviours, we're not actually actively being... Um, you know, we're not actually being nefarious bastards about it. We're just, we're just not realising the impact of the way that we're doing something. So, I think, I think actually the people who write radical candor could reframe some of the quadrants to be kinder um, descriptions. I think ruinous empathy is a bit brutal as well. Um, you know, but then it probably wouldn't have grabbed people in the way that it has if they had been named normal things. I certainly probably wouldn't have noticed. So, yeah, I think we'll we'll continue with the with the extremes of manipulative insincerity and ruinous empathy and obnoxious aggression. It's all very pejorative terms. And I suppose the point they're making is you know, don't be in any of these quadrants. Make sure you're in the radical candor quadrant. Is this making any kind of sense? Anyway, I hope that all kind of does make some kind of sense. And uh, and if you'd like to read the if you'd like to read the blog post, you can sign up to the Pod Walking Club, and you will be able to read that on my Patreon page. Go to rachelwheelyisfunny.com. I have stripped back the tiers of support. I had sort of expanded them massively to make six tiers of support and I actually think six is like, it's just way too hectic, you know, it's just like, that's just too many choices. So there are now three choices and I think a little bit of a calmer time can be had by all who look at that webpage now. So do go there and check out those tiers. I have absolutely loved walking with you this series. Thank you so much for being with me. On my daily walks up and down the cycle path, there's some enormously loud noise happening over there and I've no idea what that is at all. I've actually got to the end of the cycle path, turned round and come back all the way to Wimbledon Chase Primary School. And somebody is, I don't know, might be a strimmer or a leaf blower or something, but whatever it is, it's making a very high frequency whining sound as somebody cycles towards me in a high-vis jacket this has been a long episode for the end of the series so thank you for bearing with me and listening to my ramble chat all the way up the cycle path and back and I will say goodbye for now I will be back on September the 6th with the first episode of series 19 so I very much look forward to speaking to you then. Don't forget to be kind to yourself in the meantime. And thank you as ever for walking with me.